Hello and welcome to the Super Turd Podcast with your host, Michael Turbot, your local real estate expert, where we'll talk real estate, sports, business, and beer in the triangle. And now, here's your host, Michael Turbot. And welcome to the Super Turb Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Turbot, your local real estate expert with the Ida Turbo Group, Cobalt Banker HPW, a.k.a. Super Turb, a.k.a. Coach Turb. And I've got a phenomenal guest with me, Chris Corciani, uh, with me. Um, I'm just beyond excited to, to kind of spitball with him, talk to him about his basketball career, his you know where he started, where you know where he went, where he's going, what he's doing now in his, in business. Um, as you guys know, I started this podcast uh, last fall with the main premise to talk real estate, business, sports, and beer in the triangle uh, to feature local entrepreneurs, coaches, uh, store owners, athletes, you name it, uh, just for them to tell their story as well as feature a local beer and even talk some sports, which is great. But before we get into the interview, Chris, I want to talk a little bit about real estate. And this is great because you're going to be able to chime in, too, on some things you may be seeing. Is Guys, we just had the update come out from Triangle MLS last, uh, just Friday. You know, I geek out about this. So I just wanted to share with you guys some stats and look at what we're seeing from July of 2020 to July of 2021. Guys, in the last 12 months, obviously we're in a month in arrears. We've seen an over a 24% appreciation rate in this market. The average sales price now, guys, is $472,000 in Wake County. And matter of fact, I'm about to go on a listing appointment on Sunday where I helped her buy this home for $300,000 a year ago May. Uh, some things have happened in her life. She's fallen in love, probably going to get married, or going to get married, not probably. And I'm uh, looking at comps, and she's probably going to list it for $375,000 just in one year. So in saying that, uh, inventory in that time frame is down 61%. Of course, we've been talking about that at length over the last 18 months with COVID uh, due to the fact that obviously more people are buying than selling. And so we're at 0.6 months inventory, 0.6 over the last month, though, we've seen a little bit of uptick in inventory. Uh, when I say that, I'm talking maybe a couple hundred listings right now. I believe, you know, as of July stats, we had 1,100 active listings down from 3,000. And I just think that's a combination of things being cyclical. I think mean, people finally being able to travel, school going back in. But again, it's all about pricing your home correctly. And uh, obviously, with our marketing, and getting it out there, price it correctly, and get max value. So if you have any questions about that, how we can help you accomplish your real estate goals, please reach out to me. I'd love to help you guys, whether that's buying or selling. You know, I always say, guys, who you work with matters. But enough of all that. I want to get back. I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to have Chris on the other side, and we're going to have some fun. Whether you're buying, selling, or investing in the triangle, Michael Turbot with the Ida Turbot Group, Coldwell Banker HPW, will put you in position to win. With almost 15 years of real estate experience, Michael and his team will help navigate you through the real estate transaction from beginning to end, always putting your best interests first. In today's competitive real estate market, now more than ever, selecting the real estate professional to assist you with your biggest investment is vital. Please contact Michael Turbot today to find out more on what he and his team do to separate themselves from the rest and help you accomplish your real estate goals. Remember, 
who you work with matters. And Michael looks forward to hearing from you soon. And welcome back to the Super Turb Podcast. I'm your host again, Michael Turbot, your local real estate expert with the Audit Turbot Group, Coldwell Banger, HPW, with Chris Corciani. Oh, this is awesome. Uh, so I know I've introduced you like four times. So tell everybody if you want your name, where you're from, and what you're doing right First now. First of all, Michael, I'm a little upset. What's up? Well, you've got the headsets on the ears. I don't. Mm-hmm. You, you're a professional. It, <laughs> it, 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 might, it makes you talk a lot faster than I do. I, I'm working <laughs> on that. I'm working on that. Uh, no, just, um, you know, I... I you know, came here in, in uh, 1986 and uh, um, was fortunate enough to get a degree at NC State. Um, loved the area and uh, been in business, you know, ever since. Just a unbelievable area, market. Um, you know, a lot of times, a lot of people take it for granted. But where we are is special. No, and, no doubt. Uh, you You're know, from Florida. Yeah, Florida, or, excuse or, me. Originally from Miami, Florida. Came up here and um, fell in love with the area and just had the... Uh, you know, always knew this is where I wanted to be. Now, when you started, so just to backtrack, I'm sitting next to this, the second all-time <laughs> assist leader in Division One basketball, correct? That is. That is correct. <laughs> and you were the leader for some time until this one guy named Bobby Hurley came along. But you played in less games. <laughs> I've already done my stats. I've looked at it. And um, so when you started playing ball, and obviously before you guys, you know, I go by hashtag Coach Turb. I was a college basketball coach before getting into real estate and coaching people buying, out, buying and selling real estate now. But when you were in Florida. What made you come to Raleigh? Really, Jimmy V. You know, I was um, being recruited by a number of different schools. And um, back then there was only, you know, one or two games on a week. And the ACC was always on. And, um, you know, it was Carolina, Maryland, Duke. NC State, and, um, you know, when they won the national championship in 1983, you know, the Cinderella team, that kind of made me a fan, and, um, you know, when I was being recruited, I knew I wanted to play in the ACC, and, um, you know, it came down to three schools, one being Duke, uh, Virginia being the other, and then NC State, and, um, you know, I just thought at NC State with Coach V and an opportunity to play. Um, you know, a lot of people don't get a feel for, for a weekend about a city. Mm-hmm. And I really did. You know, I, I loved Raleigh. Um, Duke was a little small, a little different. Um, I went up to Charlottesville to Virginia, and um, they made me wear a tie. I'd never worn a tie in my life. They made <laughs> me wear a tie to a football game. So I said, I said uh, Coach Holland, I love you and everything, but I, this, isn't, this isn't me. I'm out. So um, it was just a great fit. You know, Coach V was, um, you know, just a great man and mentor. And, um, you know, going there is the best decision I ever made, you know. and uh, for, What was for, it like on your recruiting trip? Um, you Did know, you just, you had the official visit, and, of course, that was a while back. But you went up there for a couple of days. Did yep. you go see a game, a football game, basketball yeah, game? Went to, went to a football game. I went to one of the best NC State football games ever. And Coach V used to tell the story that, um, I was up in the press box with him. He was the athletic director and head basketball coach, and we were playing uh, University of South Carolina. And in the fourth quarter, um, you know, there was, I don't know, four or five seconds left, and NC State was down, you know, four or five points, and they threw a Hail Mary to the end zone. And Haywood uh, Jeffries called it for NC State, and uh I yelled, "We won! We won!" And they knew he had you. We know him, but he was just a uh, unbelievable. So before that, tell us a little bit about your high school playing days. Where did you go, and then and when did you start playing ball? 
I started playing when I was probably four or five years old. My father was a high school basketball coach, and um, you know that's all I ever did. You know, was was either go to games and and watch, uh, or play. And um, ended up interesting story in in eighth and ninth grade. I went to a school called Kendall Acres. It was a private school, um, but high school didn't start until tenth grade in Miami. So in eighth and ninth grade, I played varsity basketball at a private school and the coach was a guy by the name of Lenny Rosenbluth mm-hmm. and he was on the 57 uh, University of North Carolina national championship team was one of the best players he, he his jersey hangs up in the rafters uh, at UNC in the Dean Dome. The funny story is he never once said that he was an All-American won a national championship the most humble guy in the world uh, Lenny Rosenbluth but Played for him for two years. Um, we won a state championship my ninth grade year, and then I transferred to Highly and Miami Lakes. My father was the the coach there, and um, we lived about 35, 40 minutes away. So I traveled to and from school with my dad, and that can be good and bad. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be really great when you had a good practice and a good game, <laughs> but when when you you had seven or eight turnovers in a game and you couldn't make a shot, it was a long. I'm long sure ride. it was. That was awesome. so. What was the program like when you arrived at state? So that was eighty. It was eighty-seven. Yep, and yep. you played till ninety-one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, they had come off um, obviously eighty-three. They won the national championship in eighty-six. They won the ACC championship. Um, we we had a great team, you know. Going in there, I, I knew I had an opportunity to play, but we were we were twelve deep. I mean, our practices were were wars. I bet. And you know, when you go in there as a freshman and you've got a senior point guard and a junior point guard, um, and and they that's knew when that, you stayed four years. Yeah, exactly. You <laughs> ma- imagine that. That's, know, a, right? that's an unbelievable concept it's nowadays. Amazing. But it was. Um, it was great. You know, the, the competition really, you know, made us better. And, and, you know, we were deep and we were very talented. And I was, I was so fortunate to play with great players. And, you know, an assist record is wonderful, but it really doesn't happen unless you've got tremendous talent got around, around you. Yeah. And I played with Vinny Del Negro and Charles Shackelford, Chucky Brown, Brian Howard, Rodney Monroe, Tom Gugliotta. I mean, Googs. The, the, the level of talent was just phenomenal. And I was, I was, blessed to have them around me because my skill set was really good at getting the ball to people that could finish finish and it worked out well that's all i remember watching i i moved here in 1986 as we were just saying before and um mom ida can't call her it's weird she she uh <laughs> a made, legend she she's made, a, she's, she she's the she's real legend, legend of the game yeah. she's the real legend she made me play basketball because i came from california and all there was either baseball or football and She's like, you're going to play basketball. I was in fifth grade, and, yeah. and I remember that was in the late 80s. Early, you know, So I watched you guys, and that it was awesome. Yeah, that that was, was awesome. That was a good time. Yeah. I, I, I hate being this, this old guy now, being 53. So, oh, back when we used to play, there was only eight teams in the conference. Right. And everybody that was before stayed, Florida State. Right, before Florida. Everybody stayed four yeah. years, and it was really intimate and nice. Um, it's changed so much. And that just goes – I was just about to get to the next question. I know you also talked about Coach you know, Jimmy B. Um, and is there a story from Coach that you know, you feel, you're know comfortable sharing that many people may not know or the kind of man he was? Because obviously the legend he was – I mean, this the guy, Jimmy B, is Jimmy B. But 
if you could yeah. shed some light or maybe a story yeah. or maybe a game or yeah, I, I always I, think I, of the Jimmy <laughs> V speech when he was over there where was he when he goes into the locker room and the doors the locked rock <laughs> yeah, at Rutgers yeah, yeah Rutgers yeah yeah it's, he didn't try that speech with you guys, no, did he? No, he. I mean, there's so many different stories. I mean, uh, about being recruited and and in games. Um, you know, one of my favorites was, you know, I was getting. I, I ended up having a girlfriend my sophomore year, and word got to Coach V that that. Uh, you Scott know, Wood had, says, "What's up, <laughs> Scotty Wood? Yeah. Best shooter ever." <laughs> but I had a. Um, a girlfriend and I was being everybody was giving me a hard time and Coach V found out about it and I had a bad game and he said it's that damn girlfriend I heard about <laughs> so he said uh, at 4 o'clock before practice I want you to come to my office and that was a kind of normal thing and he said I want you to bring this girlfriend with you and I was like man what, what I could bring my, my new girlfriend to, to, to his office Ended up um, going to his office, and I walked in, and you were always scared going. It's, it's like the principal's oh, office. Yeah. You're going in there. Yeah. Um, and he, and right, we were going through some problems with the NCAA back at mm-hmm. back at the time. And he walked in. He said, "Who's this?" And I said, "This, this is my girlfriend." And I'm a, you know, naive young, you know, sophomore. And he said, "You can't have a girlfriend. That's an NCAA violation. <laughs> you forget that." Plus, you played terrible last game. Yeah. And you're sure your girlfriend was at attention. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so. that's, but there's more stories about it. Uh, that's the stuff a, I miss is that it, that behind the ropes and stuff you see. And you touched on the ACC back then in more of an intimate situation. Um, maybe touch on that real briefly regarding, you know, it was only there was eight teams. And, I mean, the rivalries were real. And it's it's changed a lot, you know, with, the now you now you got I mean how many teams are we gonna have in a conference now you would, you know, I don't even know. <laughs> so I mean but the, more of the bus rides and things like that correct it, it was special Michael you know you 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 had eight teams and and as you alluded to earlier most of those guys stayed all four years and so there were true rivalries the the arenas were much smaller oh like I loved Reynolds these, yeah Reynolds, I wish Reynolds, I wish they still uh, played there let me tell you Reynolds, Reynolds is. Now I go back to the girls' games and I still get chills just yeah. being in there and the band starts playing and it's just a phenomenal venue. But the arenas were smaller, the players you knew, um, you know, the the, the the every game was just. A, I mean, whoever you were playing against, they they were always good. The players. I mean, I played against Bobby Hurley and Kenny Anderson, John Crotty. I mean, they, mm. there was never a night off. Not about and, John Crotty. Oh, tough as I tell play. people. The toughest guy I ever guarded in college. I was going to ask you that. So John Crotty killed me. This yeah. guy, I couldn't guard him. He was a lefty, and he was herky jerky. And the only uh, school that I didn't beat in my four years on the road was Virginia, and I probably averaged one point seven turnover. I, he totally crushed me mm-hmm. every game. Um, but he was he was just a great competitor, strong, could do it all. But Back then, it was just so neat. And the thing I really miss more than anything is the ACC tournament. It was oh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's when they rolled the TV in. Uh, in schools. <laughs> and, yeah, I've heard all that. Yeah, it was, But it was the greatest show. I called it the greatest show on earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and you geared up, and it was special, and your family came in, and, um, you, know, you, you, you know, you survive, and you get to Saturday. And Saturday with four teams, I mean, it was the greatest thing. Almost but, maybe uh, better than the Final Four. Oh, back, you know? back then it yeah. was it was special. And now it starts on Tuesday. I'll tell you a funny story. All right. 
I watch every NC State game. I, I go to the games. I'll go to some, some road games. Just a, a big fan, big, big supporter. I was having lunch in Cameron Village on Tuesday of the ACC tournament um, and looked up, and it was 1230, and I was having lunch. And they were, I didn't even know they were playing. That's how, mm-hmm. It's either I'm a bad fan or it's just the, the, the way that the times are now. They were playing a 12:30 game, I believe, on a Tuesday. Yeah, it's like a playing game. Yeah, yeah. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday was beautiful. It's all that, and yeah. um, so fire, fire and ice. <laughs> that was '89. That was '87. '87 we, we, was yeah, a fire and ice. In, we came in as freshmen, uh, and it was that so it started it. I mean, that went everything. Yep. So, how, where was Rodney from? He was from Hagersville, uh, Maryland. And who thought of fire and ice? guy named the sports information director mark bockelman came uh-huh. up with that name and the funny story and some people have heard this but rodney and i came in as guards you know it wasn't like you're the point guard you're the two guard we were guards and we had Vinny donegro quentin jackson kelsey we had competition well in the first week we're on campus we're playing a pickup game at carmichael and um we end up getting in a brawl and <laughs> We ended up going three rounds. You know, a lot of times you get in a little fight and it's over. We went three different times. And, and I remember one of the rounds was for about 45 seconds. Usually you throw a punch and grab somebody. Up. And I was like, man, is somebody going to jump in? But we, 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 got, we got in more trouble. So we got called to Coach B's office that night after our, our boxing match. And he said, are you guys the biggest idiots in the world? You know, you guys are going to be together. You know, not apart. You know, what are you guys doing? Beating yeah. the hell out of one another. And 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 from that point forward, you know, we, we kind of formed a, a bond because we both, you know, were competitive. We wanted to play as, as yeah. freshmen. And uh, it ended up being a, a very unique bond where I, I truly knew exactly where he was at all times on the court. And, um, you know, that's something that it, it, it doesn't happen the first time you play. It's, it's over time oh, yeah. that you end up. Kind well, of y'all were you were something to see, and do you, do you guys still stay in touch? We do. You know, mm-hmm. it's funny. Rodney Monroe sends uh, Tom Gugliotta and I a, a prayer every day. So, oh, so that's awesome! It's, it, it's a special thing. Where's he? At? Where's he living now? Uh, Rodney's in Huntersville, right outside of Charlotte. Yeah, and uh, Tom is in Atlanta. So mm-hmm. every day we get a prayer. That's so, fantastic. And, we, you know, and then we go back and forth. I love it. Text. I love it's it. Pretty, it's pretty cool. So tell me about battling Hurley. Oof. He was a monster. Yeah. He was uh, the funny thing. Because what is he came in in ninety? Came in a year after. Hey, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's, and, that's uh, right. Yep. And, and his physique didn't scare you. I mean, he was six foot, maybe one hundred and sixty pounds. He wasn't this overpowering kind of looking guy, but boy, he was tough, and and he was a competitor, and uh, he would fight you, you know, to yeah. win. You know, th- those teams back then, winning really mattered. And Bobby Hurley was just a, a tough. Winner. He did whatever it took to win. Um, he could score, but he was a, he was a, a ultimate. Uh, uh, hey, Mr. Turbin. <laughs> <laughs> he was an ultimate competitor. Yeah. And, and a lot of people looked at him and was like, man, how is he? He could that, go. That he just had I always wonder if he didn't have the car accident, what could happen. But, he he, had, you know. He, yeah, he, he had a, a great run prior to being drafted when, mm-hmm. when the young guys played the Olympic team mm-hmm. and he went crazy. But, yeah. But I've always been a huge fan of his and, uh, uh again, just a, a competitor. Just that good. Just, yeah. That's awesome. 
And uh, you kind of briefly, so out of all your teammates, it's Googs, Monroe, anybody else that you keep up with? Yeah, I keep up with Chucky Brown and uh, A.Y. Lester. There's a number of players. It's a lot, obviously, a lot easier keeping in touch with guys mm-hmm. that are here. But we're we, trying um, to get Coach Lowe on the next podcast. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I texted him. He, I, he saw you. He's like, what time? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we helped him uh, sell and buy in a couple times. He's a great guy, man. I saw him at the uh, some game two with the Canes game. He's a classic. He's, again, he's part of the reason I'm here, just watching him play. Uh, My dad has a question for you. Yeah. All right. What do you think of later? <laughs> I tell you, Mr. Turbert, I, I – you know, it, it, it hates me to say this, but but I was always a huge fan of uh, Christian Leitner. I got to know him, and he was he was a little different than than I think the the persona that he gave off. And um, you know, I got a chance to run into him about four or five years ago at the Final Four, and uh, just just a neat guy, very quirky, different. Um, but but as far as a guy, I, I always got along really well with him. And then. You know, I was talking about Hurley. I, I don't know if there was a better competitor for 40 minutes, you know, on the court than, than Christian Leitner. And I would put uh, Tyler Hansborough in that group. I'd put Leitner in that group. You know, when they were out there for 40 minutes, you know, all they wanted to do was win. Was win. That's that's the only thing. And and that era, winning was everything. Did you go? Did you play against Grant Hill? Yep. Yeah. I mean, think about those teams. You had Hurley, Grand Hill, Thomas Hill. Because they Leighton. went 90, 91, 90. Cause 90 was when they lost to Vegas, I think, in yep. the semifinal. And then they came back yeah. in 91. And won. Or the, but, yeah, yeah late, late or the championship. Um, great, great player, but also a, a really, really neat guy. Yeah. So now you going back to state. You get drafted by the Magic. Is that correct? Second that round? Yep. What was that like? Did you, did you um, tell us about the phone call? Was it what, what was draft day like back then? Well, How many was it? Still two rounds? Or yeah, did it... there, there was two rounds, and um, I was told, you know, by, by Golden State that they were going to take me either with their 18th pick or their 25th pick. So with their 18th pick, they took a guy named Chris Gatling, and I said, all right, well, 25. You know, they they told me they were going to take me. Mm-hmm. 25 came, boom, wasn't me. 26, 27. Uh, we uh, got into the second round, and, and I was up in New Jersey, and my, all my relatives, my mom and dad are from originally from New Jersey. We were up there in the summer, and I said, you know what, I'm just going for a walk. So the second round started, and I was nervous. I just went for a walk, and then one of my cousins came running down the street and said, hey, the Orlando Magic just took you. And it, it probably was one of the worst teams I could go to because they had three guaranteed contracts at the point guard position. They had mm-hmm. Moreland Wiley, Sam Vincent, and Scott Skiles. So I went there. Scott Skiles. Uh, one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, one of my favorites. But went down there, and um, I actually got cut. It was the first time I had ever been cut uh, in basketball. And I tell my kids this, and I and I share this with some people. When, when I got cut, Matty Gukas was the coach. And I said, Coach Gukas, what do I have to do to, to be able to play in this league, you know, please tell me because I want to I want to work on what I. And he said, I'll be honest with you, no one's ever asked me that question. And he said, you need to work on your pull up, you need to work on your defense, you need to do a long list of things. Mm-hmm. But I took all that to heart. And in about uh, a month and a half later, Sam Vincent and Scott Skiles got injured on the first day, and they called me up, flew me out to Denver. And actually started my, my first game I ever played in the NBA. I started. It was the only start I ever had in three years. But ended up starting. And, and he would later tell me 
He said, the only reason we called you up is the way you handled your 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 exit interview. There you go. And he said, I wanted to give you I wanted to give you an opportunity. Now was Shaq there? Shaq came my second, second year. Uh-huh. So my second year with Orlando was Shaquille's rookie year. Now what was that like? That was that was nuts. So my first year with, <laughs> my, my first year with the Magic Nobody, nobody even knew they were an NBA team. They were an expansion team. Yeah. So people were thinking, he's with Orlando Magic. must be like a, a, a minor league team. Uh-huh. We would go to games, and there would be half full you know, arenas. When Shaquille came, it was nuts. I mean, we, we'd pull up to the hotel, oh, and, yeah. and the lobby was packed. He was one of the first. I mean, yeah, obviously he had Jordan and some of those guys, but he was more than just a basketball player. He was iconic. He was yeah. this huge figure. And every game packed, and we had security. I mean, it was like going from kind of the JV team to the varsity team. And uh, it was just nuts. Uh, just the media that kind of just migrated to him. Yeah, huge, right? Oh, a big. Gosh. Oh, seven, one. Yeah. But and he was still, he was kind of skinny then. That's where I was going. He was yeah. thin. You know, yeah. you look at him now, or you look at him later in his career. Big. You know, he called himself yeah. Shaq mm-hmm. Diesel. Yeah. But when he was a rookie and in the early part of his career, he was lean and could run the floor and um, just a, a great guy, big kid. He I'm sure you like dropping kid. dimes to him. His his first basket he ever scored in the NBA was on an assist by me. There I, you I, don't, go. I, I don't have a lot. See, of, I didn't know I that. I don't that's have a, a lot of things. That's to a say. trivia question right there. <laughs> that's a trivia question. I like that. Cool. So what it was like to play professional, and then after that you went overseas and. You played quite a bit, quite yeah. a quite a time, and then you I know. was I was so fortunate. I, I really was, and and you know I, I always say you, you have to be good, but you really have to be lucky. Mm-hmm. And and I was I was um, I was really lucky, you know, to play three years in the NBA. I got to play uh, the last year of the Boston Garden, so I played with the Celtics in '94, mm-hmm. and then I went overseas for eight years, and and that was just an absolute. Were tremendous. you married? time mm-hmm. so yep. that was okay yeah, married i had kids so they, were the kids overseas they with were. you they were okay international schools well, there you go it was it was an unbelievable experience being over there and, and, and a lot of guys have had the opportunity to go over there but i i wanted to learn the language the culture um i had some teammates they play xbox and i said yeah. listen this is an opportunity you yeah. need to get out on the street yeah and and, and take it take it all in um, so I was three years in Italy, three years in Spain. You won a championship in Spain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Won, won a championship there, which was... Uh, How was the hoops over there? Are they just as crazy? It, they are, but, but I always say that the, obviously the top sport in, in Europe is soccer. Mm-hmm. The second sport is soccer. And the third... I mean, that, so it's soccer way up here. Yeah. And then, then basketball and other sports. But it's, I mean, they just love their soccer over there. It's unbelievable. As soon as the season's over, that's all they're talking about is the next season. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was just a great experience. Quick question. My dad says, do you know Coach Lutz? Yeah. L- yeah. Love Coach Lutz. That was my, that's he, who I he, worked with. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Great. I tell you, he's a, a, a great person, great coach, and great golfer. He needs to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he needs to get hired. You know, he was at Nebraska with Hoiberg as a special yep. assistant to the head coach, but he was doing that hoping that they thought the rule was going to change where he could be on the floor. Mm-hmm. And when that didn't happen, he said, I want to coach. He, and he, I think someone's foolish not to get him. He, he's one of the, the, the best coaches' minds. Yep. That, that I've ever had a chance to be around. And just listening to him talk the game, the, the way he handles the, the team, 
Um, why he's not a head coach is baffles just, me. It, it, it's crazy. That, and what, did you ever think about coaching? You know, when I finished playing, when I was, you know, uh, came back from overseas, I had an opportunity to, uh, Eddie Biedenbach was at Asheville, and he asked me if I wanted to, to get into coaching, and he had a spot. And I had, for 11 years, I had kind of traveled out of a suitcase, and I had one-year deals, and I was here and there, and I really wanted to settle down. And my kids, my, my oldest son, uh, then was six or seven, and, and I really wanted them to get in school here in Raleigh, and and not keep dragging them all over the place. And in coaching, as you know, you know you're you're there for a couple of years, and then you're getting another oh, yeah. job, and you yeah. move around. And and I did that for eleven years, and I said, you know what, I, I just don't want to do that. I just remember, you know, I was coaching at Washita Baptist University, which was a phenomenal experience. But that was a question I asked myself: Am I ready to move five times in five years? Exactly. And the answer yeah. was no. I just got married. Of course, growing up and. Being around mom in real estate, she made it look easy. I yep. didn't know what you, many kids don't know what your parents do. So I came back in 06 saying, I'll just sell real estate and yeah. not knowing what we were walking into in the economy there. But, it, you know, but the coaching helped me with what we do now as far as helping people, um, the uh, non set hours working, you know, mm-hmm. and just it's similar situation. So I'm, I'm beyond grateful for that opportunity. So you, play professionally what was your best memory professionally was it winning in Spain or was there something yeah, that's... Pro- probably winning in Spain we, we won the um the Spanish cup I was with a team called Tau Ceramica mm-hmm. and um you know it just was a kind of week-long party after we won and um those memories we went back uh four or five years ago went back for a reunion and that was special but um you know they they had never you know won you know that that uh, tournament, or they hadn't won in so many years, but uh, that was just a, a special memory. But I tell you, I mean, I I was so fortunate. I had so many great memories, and what well, uh, it's just awesome. Yeah. Um, so then you come back, and then you're like, all right, I'm you know I want to coach, and then you um, get into real estate. I did. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. Got into real estate for about a year, year and a half, and this is a a true story. I was at an NC State basketball game. And um, DNJ Mortgage was a local mortgage company, and um, Gordon Miller was the, the, the owner of the company. And halftime, I go up to the concession stand, and somebody t- taps me on my shoulder. And I turn around. I never met him, but I knew who he was, and it was Gordon Miller. And mm-hmm. he said, hey, are you Chris? I said, yeah. And he said, I'm Gordon Miller. I own DNJ Mortgage. How would you like to buy a mortgage company? And I said, that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> I turned to him and I said, I, all I want to buy right now is a hot dog. You know, <laughs> half time of a game. And um, about three weeks later, I ended up buying DNJ Mortgage and leaving the real estate world and staying in the world. Mm-hmm. And um, had DNJ Mortgage for a number of years. And a couple of years after I bought DNJ Mortgage, I started a title company called Tryon Title. Mm-hmm. And um, that was 15 years ago. That's hard to believe. Yeah, so I've, I've kind of been in your industry, uh-huh. but, you know, on the other well, side. Well, tell everybody what Trying Title is. Does it's that a, you know that obviously we deal with title insurance, but it, for someone listening, going, all right, what does that mean? Yeah. And was there challenges getting it off? Challenges getting it off the ground? Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, interesting. A lot of people don't even know what title insurance is. Right? They know they need it. They know the lender requires it, but they have they have no idea what it what it is. And uh, when I got in that business, we um, 
you know, started out local, and we, um, you know, would go and and market to you know realtors and builders and attorneys and um, and in North Carolina it's a set rate, so it doesn't matter if you use Tryon Title or another company, you're getting the same price. And uh, over the course of uh, 14, 15 years, we kind of branched out um, all throughout the states, and now we're, we're we have 10 marketing reps all throughout North Carolina, and we service you know all 100 counties and. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's like you talked about coaching. You've got to have, you know, good service on one end and you've got to have marketing people making relationships on the other. So it's funny. You mentioned that. And I think all things always come back to athletics. It does. And and it really parallels kind of life, athletics and business. I think so. I think I was going to ask you about that as well, but I think athletics just prepares you for, for life after hoops or whatever you're playing. For example, you know, every level you drop off. I was fortunate enough to play varsity basketball. I couldn't jump over a New York phone book. (laughs) So I knew I had to get into coaching, but at that time, but I also went through my trials, just like you, you get to Orlando, get cut for the first time, but that made you stronger to deal with adversity. And I think it's the same thing. Uh, I think that's where athletics is so big, even being on schedule time, you know, things, things of that nature. Um, as far as Tryon, what's your vision for that? Um, well, we, we uh, are pretty much in every uh, area of the state. We just are, are constantly trying to, um, you know, make our service even better. And we're, we're big into technology. We have a rollout coming out in the next month that's going to make uh, our partners, which are attorneys and paralegals, much more efficient. So we're constantly trying to just kind of fine-tune everything Mm -hmm. and uh, it's it's a great business i love it um you know i get the opportunity to travel all throughout the state with our marketing reps um you know and it's given me an opportunity not only for business but also to see the beautiful state of north carolina and i mean i'm up in my my son markets up in murphy north carolina and it is way to heck up there Mm -hmm. so honestly we've got reps in murphy we have reps in now how many kids do you have i have four Okay. And um, yeah, and one of your sons played at state as well. Yep. My, my oldest mm-hmm. son played at state. He's actually working for me in the Charlotte market. Nice. My second oldest son is Tommy, and uh, he's working for me up in the mountains. All right. Um, he went to the University of South Carolina and was a walk-on. I remember that. And ended up going to the Final Four. Yes. Uh, you know, with with Frank Martin, uh, Martin when they had that tremendous. How is he? Nuts. Yeah. Talk about nuts. Yeah. And, and so Frank and I grew up in Miami together. He was at Kansas State, right? He was at, you mm-hmm. talk about somebody nuts. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, he is. All division one head coaches. Well, he, all head coaches are kind of nuts <laughs> yeah, anyway. Another, he was yeah. at another level. Yeah, Frank, Frank, if you ever get a chance to watch him, he is just uh, as intense as they get. But, but again, the, the things that he teaches the kids are, are they're for the rest of their life. Yeah. So, great experience. My daughter is a senior at the University of Alabama. And I am thrilled because I said I finally have a really good team. To I, I <laughs> have you been to check. games down yeah. there? Oh, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I bet yeah. so. I mean, those SEC games are are kind of another level. But that's um, three, I think. And then, and then my youngest is a uh, rising senior at Broughton. Wow! So 
Uh, that and you got two of your boys working for you. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like my myself and my sister Colleen. Yeah, we're a family team, that's so that's awesome. cool. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, so I got one. I got a funny question. We're gonna go rapid questions to wrap it up. Okay. I gotta know what you said to get ejected. <laughs> <laughs> was that Carolina State? No, that was, uh, was Florida, Florida State. Florida State. Yeah, Florida State. <laughs> you and, would, uh, you would uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scotty yeah. Wood, if he's still listening, he's part of the story because he shoots. <laughs> He shoots a three pointer in the corner, and now which was the ref? Because he was the one that no one likes. Carl Hess, yeah, Carl Hess. Yeah, he's got a little reputation anyway. Yeah, he ends up shooting a three pointer, and they don't call a foul. And uh, you know, Googs yelling, "Hey, where's the foul? Where's the foul? Wood got hammered." And another play comes, and we're on the and and uh, Lorenzo Brown was their point guard, and guard had two hands on his waist, and I said, Carl. Lorenzo can't dribble with two hands on his waist. Get his get the guy's hands off his waist. And he kind of looked back at me and I said, Carl, you you hear me. You know, you <laughs> make make the right call. Well, a couple plays later, Scotty Wood shoots a, a three in the corner, and you know what a great shoot. He didn't oh, yeah. he didn't never no. miss two in a row. This time they called the foul. And Goog stands up and says, Carl, about time. And that triggered him. About time was, okay, about time I throw you guys out. The funny thing, Michael, I'm telling you, <laughs> we, we we didn't use any profanity. We weren't threatening. Did you tell him your jersey during the rafter? No, no. <laughs> they, he just threw us out. Funny story is about two months later, um, his son was a great pitcher. And um, he was at Elliott Avent, the baseball coach's uh, baseball camp. And Elliott calls me up. He says, listen, I hope you don't mind. I just gave... Carl Hess, your cell and Tom's cell, he wants to give you a call. He wants to talk to you. This is you know maybe three or four months after the incident. So I said, okay, great. So he called me up and start talking. And and I said, you know, Carl, I appreciate you calling. It means a lot. Um, didn't didn't apologize. Didn't I, I said I just have one question. I mean, did did do we use any profanity? No. He said, well, when Tom stood up, you know, I felt a little threatened. I said, come on, Carl, really? I said, but you know what? I appreciate you making the phone call because that that means a lot. And I hung up and called Googs. I said, Googs, you know, Hess is going to call you. My my phone call was probably about seven or eight minutes. Tom's was about 20 seconds because Tom said to him, are you apologizing or not? He He said, if you're not apologizing, I'm hanging the phone up. So their call... He, he he made the effort, but but he, he would not apologize for for what he did. We're, we're honest, God. We we did nothing wrong, but we were. You're being, being a fan. We were being sarcastic. Yeah, and, you're being a but, fan. But never yeah. were we. A, a yeah, you're, being, you're being a fan. All right. Well, yeah. I, I just had to ask because I think that's great. I, so, all right, some rapid questions. Uh, I like to ask. Uh, favorite place you've traveled? Italy. All right. One place you want to travel to. Um, I would like to go to Japan, one of one of those places that I don't really want to go, but it'd be different. Interesting. Yeah. All right, favorite movie? Caddyshack. Uh, favorite <laughs> restaurant? Whew, that's a tough that one. That could be you yeah. know, nationally or what about local? Uh, what's your favorite Raleigh? Not to I'm saying, but what, what's your favorite restaurant? I, I, I love Coney Island and Amedeo's. All right. Fa- favorite sports team other than the pack? The Philadelphia Phillies. Phillies, all right. Yep. Do you like hockey? I love hockey. Yeah, Canes yep. are. Oh, I'm actually it's... going to my buddy's tomorrow. You may know Michael Martin. He's with Fairway Morgan. Yep. And uh, I went in with him and two other buddies. We got a four season, full season. We're split in four ways. So we're doing the draft on the schedule tomorrow. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. I'll tell you, the, ho- the hockey, I mean, they're, they're, they're going full speed. Uh-huh. 
they're they're you know on ice and they're getting pushed and they're then they have to control it with the stuff. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It blows me away. Yeah, when I'm you really get done. when when you're I've taken the kids a couple times sit on the ice and when you're that sometimes the viewing angle is not the best, but you get to see how big and fast those guys are and. Here, I can't even walk straight yeah. half the time. Yeah, no, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> All right, you can have dinner with two people, either dead or alive. Who would it be? Uh, Jimmy V and my father. Awesome. Yeah. That's good. And lastly, what's the um, – I, I, I asked this question. Everybody comes on the podcast, and I think it's, I've had great answers by everybody. If anything, I think a book at the end, whenever the Super Turb podcast is done, I think it would be great. But what's the best advice you've ever received and by who? Best advice, probably going back to my mom and dad, and they said, you know, it's simple. Just do the best you can. We're, we're proud of you with doing the best you can, whether it was in school or athletics. And, you know, I carry that over, you know, to, to my everyday life. You know, if you're if you're given your all, there's nothing, you know, then, then the chips fall where they, yeah. may, they, they be. What's funny, because my dad asked this question. He says, do you know Coach Miller, Mark Miller? He was my coach at Ravenscroft. And uh, now he works um, church right up the road, um, North because North Raleigh basketball, Northridge. But it's the church. But he helps with um, uh, maybe the less fortunate kids. Helps with scholarships, but he's always oh, teaching. And he was my high school coach, and and uh, he was phenomenal. He was um, he coached down in Georgia, had some really good high school runs. Then he was the assistant at Campbell back in the day when they actually played Carolina as a 16 seed. They came in, so that would have been like '96 six because yeah. i was a rising junior but he always and one interesting thing is he never never cussed mm-hmm. uh, he always that's where i got sugar from he yeah, said sugar. sugar uh but he always taught us to finish. finish and that's what i teach either you know whether that's i tell my kids the same thing and it could be shooting a layup finish the layup you start something you finish nice. you, you make a commitment you finish and that's always stuck with me. So that's great. I love it. Well, man, this has been fantastic. I, I can't thank you enough for coming on. This has been a treat. Been able to tell you know, hear some stories. Obviously, we've known each other prior to this, but this was really cool for you to take the time. For me, you know, your mom was a legend. You and your sister now. I'm in the family business. Be, being on the the, the Turbert show of of you know the greatest real estate. Uh, uh, family around is, is special. Well, special. I appreciate yeah. that. It means a lot. I mean, I was in Jamaica when you called me, and I showed my wife I was Chris's call. This is a big <laughs> deal, man. So anyway, well, guys, I want I can't thank Chris for joining me on the Super Turf Podcast. Usually, I have a local beer of the week I feature, but we've kind of been talking, having a great time, so we'll feature that the next time. If you're all thinking about, if you are a local business owner, entrepreneur, and you want to be on the podcast, message me. That's what I'm here to do is help to you guys tell your story. Uh, I'd love to have you on the show. And as always, too, if you're thinking about buying or selling, or you just have questions with the real estate market, especially how competitive it is now uh, with the low supply, high demand. This is what we're here. We'd be honored to assist you do just that. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe. Please like, leave a comment. You can follow it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and, of course, YouTube. And so, again, it's Michael Turbot, your local real estate expert with the Ida Turbot Group, Codal Banger HPW with Chris Corciani. We'll see you next time. And remember, guys, who you work with matters. See ya.